0: Welcome to the Life Church podcast. We are an Acts 2:42 community, a family on a mission to bring a life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you are ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So, we have started a new series, as the banner, as the Bunker, sorry, has shown us, uh, the "We Believe" series, which is a study into the Apostles' Creed. It's what we as Christians believe fundamentally. And last week, Nick started it by doing Our God. Yeah, Nick, because that is your name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Our God the Father and Creator is what he did. And basically how that gives us a sense of identity and purpose. And now I, his son, (laughs) that was the joke and you ruined it. Now his son is going to do Jesus Christ God's son, which is very fitting, yeah, 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 yeah. see, thank you, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) see where heckling gets you, if you've been patient, (laughs) that would have gone perfectly. Now, if you've been in church long enough, you will have known that phrase, Jesus Christ is God's son, and we kind of take that for granted here in the UK, as to how powerful a statement that is like it is a powerful statement it's life-changing it's controversial and it's also quite dangerous as well and we have a privilege as the uk to be able to say jesus christ is god's son but not everywhere does and even now actually you'll face some opposition saying that and the thing is everyone has an opinion about who jesus is everyone does we have an opinion about it Uh, muslims have an opinion buddhists hindus jews atheists Uh, Agnostics. Everyone has an opinion on who Jesus is. And the thing is, our culture today is quite problematic in the sense of everyone's opinion has become truth. Everyone's opinion has become the individual truth. Like you'll know the phrase, uh, you believe what you believe, I'll believe what I believe, right? It's your truth and my truth. You can believe whatever you want about Jesus, and I'll believe what I believe. And it's just as valid as the two are. And it's become so dangerous as it's not an opinion, it's a truth now. Yeah, but to believe in the creed, to believe in that phrase, Jesus Christ is God's son, that means we as Christians reject what everyone else is saying. What everyone else is believing about who Jesus is, we reject it. Because Jesus Christ is God's yeah, son. Right. That's he's what good. we as Christians yeah. believe. Yeah. And there will come a time where we will be asked, asked who we think Jesus is. And the Bible actually gives us a scenario where this happens. In Matthew 8, verse 13 to 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? He's referring to himself. And they replied, some say John the Baptist, uh, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter's statement was just as bold back then as it is now, maybe even more so. And one day we'll be asked that question, who do you say I am? And when that day comes, it won't be a matter of your truth and my truth whatever you believe, whatever I believe, there will be the truth. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. good. And that's the only truth I'll be accepted. Yeah. And the answer we give will be a matter of life and death. That's, good. Good one. that's the difference it is. In fact, I love the way that C.S. Lewis puts it, because, of course, anything C.S. Lewis says, I'm going to like. And the, what, the way he put it was, when you look at who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, the impact he had on history, you either come to one of three conclusions. Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And we as Christians, we believe he is Lord. We believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. As the Apostles' Creed goes on to say, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, the only way to the Father and Lord of all because that's what the Bible says. We don't get that from the internet. We don't get that from what everyone else has told us. We get that because that's what the Bible has told us, God's inspired word. And not just in a single verse either. It's not a debated fact in the Bible about where it says this. It's said by the prophets hundreds of years before Jesus existed. It was said by his friends and closest followers, the testimony they give. And it was said by the early church, even through persecution, they held on to this fact. So, you see, this is a very bold belief to have. And that's what I wanted to make clear at the start. And it will bring opposition. It will bring persecution. But it's also a statement and a belief that saves. As Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is that simple now. So I wanted to explore this. Jesus Christ is God's son. I wanted to look at the different aspects of what that, what that means. And I found three, because I really love when the three points in a preach. <laughs> so I did three aspects of Jesus and how him being God's son, what that means. So the first off and the most obvious one, son of God, right? The Apostles' Creed says, conceived of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the son of God. But what does that really mean? Like I always heard that phrase when I was younger and I kind of just accepted it. I never really questioned it. I thought it's too complicated for me to understand, so I'm just going to say, yeah, that's true and not really think about it that hard because otherwise my brain is going to hurt. But it's interesting to look into because the Bible makes it very clear this is the relationship Jesus has with God. He is his son. When Jesus is baptized, God calls out, this is my beloved son. And Jesus throughout his ministry refers to God as his father. So there's no question about it, that's the relationship they have. But there's no God the mother involved, right? It's not, it's not the kind of father-son relationship we would have. Yeah. So why call Jesus son? What's, what's the significance behind that? What does that really tell us about Jesus? Well, son indicates to us that Jesus had a loving relationship with the father. And he shared in God's divine nature. Yeah. It's just the same as human sons share in their father's nature. Human sons have a resemblance. For example, when me and my dad went to see *Tenet*, um, I was enjoying the film, trying to keep up with what was going on, and my dad was watching the film. But he was—he was watching the film, but he was also a little—a little frustrated as well, because you see, he was watching the film, and the main character was played by this actor. And he couldn't figure out where he'd seen this actor before. And it was driving him nuts. Because you all know that feeling when you see the acting you're like, where have I seen them before? But of course, it's in the cinema, so you can't just get out your phone and Google it. So he sat there the entire film trying to figure out, who have I seen this guy in, what, what's his name, who is, who's, where's he from? And eventually, of course, the credits roll, and you get to see who's, who played who. And then finally, it clicked for him. Ah, he knows who this actor is. It was John David Washington. But the thing is that name alone didn't mean anything to dad he had never seen a john david washington film he didn't know the actor that well but it was his last name washington because while he didn't know who john david washington was he definitely knew his father denzel washington he'd seen so many movies of denzel washington that in fact when he was watching john david washington his son act He could recognize his father in John David. It was the gestures he made, the way he spoke, his face, the, the way he acted, it reminded him of Denzel, and that's what he was thinking of. That's why he recognized John David Washington. And just like that, that's what it means that Jesus is God's son. He shares the same nature. He resembles God. He's the visible image of an invisible God. And by calling him son, we can see that resemblance. And by knowing who Jesus is, we can know who the Father is. As John 1, 18 says, No one has ever seen the God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. However, like I said earlier, it's not a normal father-son human relationship. It's different to that because Jesus doesn't merely resemble God. He is equal yes. to God. That's good. Yeah. And this was the most controversial claim he made that he was God. And in fact, it was what led him to be crucified. And while we can become children of God through adoption, Jesus has always been with God, equal to God, before creation and on his his time on earth. As John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is referring to Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. He is equal to God. He has a close relationship with God. And because he came down and took our sins, Jesus is the only way to the Father. That's great. He has that. That's the exclusivity he has. He is that exclusive source of salvation for us because that is the exclusive position he has with God. He's the only one who can do that. John chapter 14, verse 5 to 9, explains that a bit further. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? (coughs) Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? It's the way, the truth, the yeah. life. Not our way of many, not our truth of several, not our life you can pick. The. And unfortunately for Frank Sinatra, it's not my way, yeah. my way that suits me. Not my truth that's easier to speak. And it's not my life which I can lead whichever way I please. It's the. Yeah that is the exclusivity Jesus has as God's son he has that divine nature and because he is equal to God he shares in the same sovereignty as God he is also king over all creation which leads me to the second aspect I've thought of son of David now this was a little bit of cheating because this title actually refers to Jesus' human lineage uh, because his human father Joseph comes from the line of King David. And that was where their Savior and Christ were going to come from. As Jeremiah 23 says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David, a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. That verse is for Jesus. Jesus is a king. But much more than an earthly king, he's been given the same authority that God has. Like for example, when he forgave the sins of the paralyzed man, when he did that, the Pharisees and the religious leaders were saying it was blasphemy. They were thinking it was blasphemy. But in actuality, Jesus was showing them that he has the authority to yeah. forgive sins, just as God does, yeah. just as his Father does. And I want to look at the, the kind of, the, not the hierarchy, but the amount of power that kind of has. And he actually has another title in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 18. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Right. And firstborn is referring to his standing. It's, it's like having an heir that will inherit all that God has done. Continuing on with those verses. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, yeah. visible and invisible, yeah. whether thrones or powers or rulers <laughs> or authorities. Yeah. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Yeah. Because he has the same divine nature as God, he has the same kinship as God and Lord over all of us. All things are created through Jesus and for him. And that includes, as it says in those verses, the thrones, the powers, the authorities, the rulers, the things that are Lord over our lives. Because we are called... Not just as Christians, but as his creation, to serve and to love as Jesus did. Yeah. To put him, him first and glorify him. The things we say, the things we do, the things we think, which is the hardest one of them all, do they honour God? Do they honour Jesus? Oh, this belief, that kind of idea of Jesus king, that is the one I think that sets us apart the most from the world. Like, we are called to honour him. The first commandments, for example, we did the Just Ten series. We've gone through the commandments. The first four are about honoring. Yeah, It was put God first. Do not bow down to any idols. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. That's a way of honoring someone. Do not um, honor the Sabbath and make it holy. Like, the, the first commandments are all about honoring God. We're called to honor him first and foremost. Most. And to honor is to... It's quite a hard thing to kind of put into perspective, especially for an invisible God. How do you honor that? But it's doing things like to value what the Bible says, yeah. not just to value what it says, but to live it, to live what Jesus has called us to do, to love neighbors, to love our God, to turn the other cheek and all, all, the, all the other sayings that Jesus has done. It also means to, to, um, to like, think of it like honoring another person like an employer or a teacher or a parent or an authority you the way you honor that person is you obey what they say to you right like it means listening to what they're saying obviously to obey them we need to listen Uh, we need to give up our time and our attention for them and we also thank and celebrate them for the good they've done and you have a lot of things to celebrate and thank God for It's putting him first before all things and being thankful and one thing that's, oh, distress is a strong word. One thing that's, not not upset, I'm just going to say what it is because I can't think of the word, but one thing that I've noticed is just how often people dishonor Jesus and God. Like, I remember watching comedians on the TV and there were just jokes made at Jesus' expense, constantly. And then the amount of times I've heard, oh my God, Jesus Christ, all these different things. Yeah. Like, it is constant. And it's not that people are trying to be disrespectful, I understand that, they're not trying to, most of them aren't anyway, they aren't trying to be disrespectful or anything like that. It's just natural, which is the strangest part of it. It's the only name they're willing to curse out, yeah, it's good. good. point. is the name of Jesus, their king, who died for them, yeah. who loves them, yeah. and yet they still, oh. yeah. it's distressing. You know what, I will you use the word, it's distressing. How often that happens. There is authority and there's power in that name. Don't use it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. And that means we as Christians have to set ourselves apart in how we honor Jesus. What comes first, and not using the Lord's name in vain, but using it in the way God intended. There's a name that heals. There's a name that casts out demons. There's a name that is above all other names. A name that we honor. And that, of course, all shows you how powerful Jesus is, king of the earth, king of heaven. But there was also something interesting that Jesus did that humbled himself. And that's the third aspect I wanted to touch on briefly, was his third title, Son of Man. Because it says Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. That's what's said in the Apostles' Creed. He was human. Jesus was divine in nature, I've established this, but he was also human in nature, which was important enough to be included in the creed. And that always confused me. How can he be God and also human, and how does that nature be shared? The best way I found it explained was Philippians 2. And it says in verse six to eight, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, By taking the very nature of a servant By being made in human likeness And being found in human appearance as a man He humbled himself By becoming obedient to death Even death on the cross By his very nature He is God And he took up the nature of a servant He took up humanity and shared with us Like I said with Son Indicating Jesus shares that divine nature with God He also shared the nature of a king And the nature of a human being And even though he did that, he never lost the dignity. He never lost his divinity, even though he humbled himself to our level. Um, And you can see examples of his humanity. Like his conception was supernatural. Yes, we see there in the creed conceived of Holy Spirit. But it was like any other pregnancy as far as you can see. Jesus was a perfect and sinless man, but he still experienced humanity like the rest of us. He was hungry. He faced temptation. He wept when he suffered a great loss. And the greatest, not the greatest, but one of the, the biggest experiences of a human, he died. As Hebrews 2 put it, he became fully human and shared our humanity so that when he suffers temptation, he can help those who are being tempted. And his death would free us from it. He becomes an empathetic and a merciful Lord. This makes Jesus an effective Lord and King. A good and loving king yeah. who understands the needs and the struggles that we yeah. have, his people. Yeah. That's, That's what we need from rulers and from yeah. leaders. Like if you think about our recent prime ministers, one of the biggest complaints people had was that they they just don't understand what it's like to be working class or middle class or anything yeah. like that. They just haven't. They've been ra- they've been raised rich. They have millions, and yet there's so- the majority of the country just has never experienced that before. They've never encountered the same problems that everyone else has and need relief from, need them to lead and help them with. Jesus knows our struggles yeah, and our, our turmoils. Yeah, He's lived true. as we have lived. Mm-hmm. And by experiencing them for himself, he was humbled to the greatest extent. Mm-hmm. And because he humbled himself to that greatest extent, he was exalted yeah, to great. the greatest extent. Thank you, as Philippians 2, 9 verse 11 says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His human nature does not change how we honor Jesus. So that's what I've discussed. Son of God, Jesus resembles God in his divine nature. Son of David, makes him a ruler and a king over us to be honoured. And son of man, who humbled himself by sharing in our humanity. Yeah, that's good. And what does that mean for us? It means that we have to honour him. Yeah. Quite simply. We need to honour him with our time, with our effort, with what we think, what we do, what we say, how we approach people. And it means fighting around nature sometimes. <laughs> We're fighting our worries and our our sinful like preconceptions towards things. It means fighting that and it's a hard battle to have yeah. sometimes. And I wanted to end on, it's really funny because we didn't plan this but um, Dad has already used this verse <laughs> earlier um, about when Thomas doubted. Wow. Which, yeah, we never share that. We share slides and I don't even have the verses on the slides, so I have no idea. Well, I do know how that happened. (laughs) But, yeah, I wanted to end on this because it's a completely different thing to know Jesus and to believe Jesus. And that's what Thomas struggled with. Because when the disciples found out that Jesus was alive, they were proclaiming it to everyone who would listen. Thomas didn't believe them. He doubted. And it was almost like he was outright saying to the disciples, you're lying to me. And to Jesus as well, while I think about it, saying he wasn't the Son of God, that wasn't who he was. He wasn't going to believe it, unless he saw the nail wounds in his hands, put his fingers into them, and place his hand into the wound in his side. Which is quite a big ask. But eight days later, Jesus reveals himself to Thomas. Despite all the doubt he had, he reveals himself to Thomas and tells him, do not be faithless any longer, believe, yeah. and shows him his wounds. And how does Thomas react to that once he saw his wounds, what Jesus did on the cross and how he came back to life, showing that divinity, showing that he was who he said he was, that he was the Son of God, the Messiah, the Saviour, the one they'd been waiting for. He exclaims, my Lord and my God. Some of us need to declare that. Not just say it, but to believe it. To say, my Lord and my God. Like Thomas, maybe you have known Jesus for years. Maybe you did believe in him. Maybe he was Lord of your life at one point. But the thing is, things change. Sometimes it becomes hectic. Sometimes life is going so well, you think, I'll take over the reins for a bit, I'll be Lord for a while. Or maybe it just slowly drifts away. But eventually, sometimes, we forget who Jesus is what that means for us and some of us need to declare that by knowing who Jesus is and believing who he is our lives should change because of that he should be our Lord yeah. he should be the foundation that we build our, uh, the house on on the rock, not on the sand by believing Jesus is who he says he is that he is the son of God Thank you. Yeah. not just any other man so i'm going to end in prayer and then another time of, another time of prayer i think for all of us because it seems like god is giving some of you a second chance here yeah. Jesus, help us. Help us. Yeah. father god i thank you for this morning yeah. that your presence was felt among all of us and we pray now my lord and my god jesus yeah. our savior our messiah yeah. I pray God that we honour you, that we don't take your name for granted, we don't take for granted what you've done for us as God's son, that you came down in all your power, in all your might, to earth, to us, to live like us, to save us. Father, I pray for everyone in this room who doubts, who has turned away, who They haven't had prayers answered. They haven't had the outcomes they wanted. But God, you're still at work. You're still at work. You are still my Lord. You are still my God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Please keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.